Welcome to the goat work. Two men. Two weeks. And 200 kilometers across Corsica. Join me, Anthony David Adams. And me, Bowen Dwelly. Lifelong friends and adventure partners. As we set off on Europe's most difficult and most interesting long distance trekking route. The legendary GR20. With the goal of answering one burning question. Do we possess the perfect fitness that the GR20 is considered to require? Each episode covers one day of our journey through the incomparable mountain landscape of Corsica. With technical details, insights from the trail, surprise guests, emotional oversharing, and bread, more bread, and nothing but bread for breakfast, pretty much every day. We did the clown work. We've done the bus work. And now we're inviting you along for the goat work. You know, <laughs> that was too much overtalk or? Um. <clears throat> final episode. Final, final episode. We're here, uh, <laughs> here for the goat work. <clears throat> We're in Bastia on, uh, it feels like Sunday, but it's not. <laughs> it's Monday or Tuesday. I think it's a Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. A Tuesday. Tuesday. We, we were to get here yesterday, but yesterday was a holiday. So no bus ride. No bus ride. No. That's it. So we had we had a holiday. And uh, we, you know, we went to the beach. It's like, it's what you do on a holiday. You go to the beach, eat ice cream. Have a boat ride. Went to a sailboat. Beautiful. We went to Pinarello. Nice. Of course, we walked. We had to walk there. More walking. Mm-hmm. So it's an hour. No big deal. <laughs> Hours walk to the sea. Uh, after, yeah, that was after Conca. And we, you know, we found a nice bakery, outdoor market, and we bought some olives. Which I had for a bit of time before I lost them all. A few minutes. But they were good while they lasted. Yeah, some delicious olives, got fresh vegetables. Bed. Had a super nice dinner, Pinarello at La Source. It was very like French seaside, very nice. Really nice dinner. Mm-hmm. The whole place was nice. <sighs> we forgot to do the bottle service. You know, bottle the of Malibu. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the town went to bed kind of early too, actually. So now you're about to leave. Back to Albuquerque. Well, one night in Nice. Tonight. That's nice. And then tomorrow, yeah, fly Nice to Madrid. Madrid. <laughs> Madrid. Nice to Madrid. To Dallas. To Dallas to Albuquerque. Oh, that's place. direct. <laughs> that's what was available. Yeah, I hear you. So I think I took three flights here too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, to Atlanta, Albuquerque to Atlanta to Frankfurt, Istanbul. Frankfurt actually. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so it's back to the bus. Back to the bus life, but not mm-hmm. the back of the bus. Well, you kind of are in the back of the bus. 
Well, I, when I'm driving, I'm in the front. When I'm sleeping, I'm in the back. Right. Some frisbee tournaments, fish tour, see my family. Right. Visit my brother. Mm -hmm. Maybe go to Chicago. His bro my brother's boyfriend, Kyle, is in a Broadway show called The Devil Wears Prada, which is what are you getting workshop in Chicago. Yeah. It'd be nice to go see him out there. Yeah. Integrate the hike. Yeah. How long is it going to take? <laughs> 40 days. 40 days, yeah. Yeah, something like that, like a, like a month. I mean, I've been here in Corsica a month. A month is a really good time, like amount of time I've found to be in a place. Two years ago, I went to Colombia for a month and then to Brazil for a month. And, um, yeah, it's enough, it's time, like, or, and you've been here for two weeks. Two weeks? A little bit two, it's a good chunk two weeks? of time. Yeah. And it, yeah, it takes some time to digest. It's, I think it's the longest I've been. I haven't been that much time in Europe. Yeah. I think it's the longest I've been over here in one continuous stretch. Yeah. Feels like it'd be fun to spend more time. Yeah. Mm. Integration. Integration of the trip, thinking about, yeah, where it was two weeks ago. Mm. What was happening, kind of just what was going through my mind. Right. I was getting freaked out over a three-mile hike <laughs> into the desert to go to a hot spring. <laughs> Three miles? Was, I mean, not freaked out. But it was just... Uh, I thought it was like 20. The hot spring hike was not... Maybe it was six miles. Okay. It wasn't very long. It was very hot. There was a lot of warning signs. Well, Americans love warning signs. There's almost nothing that Americans love more than warning signs. Took about as much gear on that hike as they did on this. <laughs> Americans love. They just love warnings. Warning signs warn you about everything. Where did we see warning signs here? Oh, we, we rented a boat. Yesterday we rented a little catamaran, a little sailing catamaran, and um, there were a bunch of warning signs all over the rental like thing. And then the guy just ignored all that. And he just <laughs> what asked does it me. Say? He's like, "Do you even ride?" Yeah. He asked me in French, you know, "Do you have a frog? Do you have any experience?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, totally." And he's, you know, he's like, "Okay, he's great, like, great." Here's the boat. <laughs> and then we took the little boat, sailed it out into the bay. You did great. I don't know how someone that didn't really know what they were doing would do. Oh, it'd be a disaster. Because there's like a obstacle course of all these expensive other boats. <laughs> yeah, we had to tack out through the, like, anchorage, across the bay, and then we went and landed on a beach. Spicy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're at the restaurant Savours Lao here in Bastia. Ooh, having a spicy papaya salad. Hello. Woo! I haven't had anything spicy in ages. I thought you liked it spicy. I do. I do. Make no mistake. So um, where are you going? Well, I'm still not sure. Find a cure. 
Yeah, I mean, I really just want to go to Italy for a few days, and so I'm before I go home because it's so close, and I love Italy, and I've been speaking a lot of Italian while I'm over here, and just yeah, it's a chance to visit Italy. And so I've been thinking about either going to Rome or going up to the north, more to the Dolomites, like near Trento. Um, because it seems like it'll be sort of hot in Rome. I looked at the weather on the bus though, and it's like the forecast is moderated a little bit. And the thing is, yeah, I want to go to like a hot spring place for a couple of days. And these Europeans with their hot springs, they're, it's like, it's a very medicalized situation. They're stingy. They're kind of stingy, like, and, and also they're very, as much as Americans love warnings, the Europeans love to, um, like, they call it a hot spring, but it's, like, barely body temperature. It's not really hot. I mean, you really have to check before you go. Otherwise, you're going to end up at a hot spring, and it's, like, tepid. Which is it's not like a mineral I, bath. Which is not what I want. I mean, yeah, the water might be amazing, but... So... Right. So I've been try trying to, to get the out. info about... temperature of the water etc and um, it would be interesting to go to Rome too because I haven't spent much time there so we'll see I guess I'll sleep on it um, I'm kind of leading towards going to Viterbo which is near Rome north of Rome for a couple of nights I'll take the ferry tomorrow take the train one place or another spend like Wednesday night, Thursday, Thursday night, perhaps in Viterbo, go to Rome on Friday, kind of spend the weekend there, and then go home. Back to your house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I still don't quite get my house. I mean, I bought a house, but I don't, I don't get to use it yet until the end of the month, but almost. And yeah, just kind of do some preparation get things ready, get, you know, um, yeah, so maybe a weekend in Rome, you know, sounds nice, but we're not but anything, and the thing I've been thinking about, I'm aware of, is like, I mean, I love cities and interesting places, but I don't really know what to do with myself so much in a city anymore, mm. <clears throat> I mean, I think about going to Rome, it's like, well, what does one do? Eat, drink, you know, shopping. And there are lots of cool, like, they'll, it would be cool to do a little shopping. Like, maybe buy some things for my new home. Mm -hmm. You know, my friend John, though, is like, definitely go to Rome. And he gives me this huge list of all these museums and all this stuff. It's like, oh, I've been to all these museums. And I don't really want to go and, like, stand in line and go to, like, see a bunch of medieval art. You know, I don't need to do that. Um, outdoors, you know, I know what to do. I'll go run around, trail running, or, you know. Right. So, it's just a real shift that I've had over many years now towards a, a much more, much more oriented towards the outdoors and, like, 
Bastia here is, I mean, I like this town. It's a small city. It's about as much of a city as I as one needs, really. It's only 50,000 people. That said, Rome is like the heart of Italy. You know, just feel the Italian vibe. Hang out there for a couple of days. Eat some Italian food. And, um, yeah, do a little shopping. How long is the ferry? It's pretty short. It's only three, four hours. Oh, we're pretty close to Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Three, four hour ferry. <clears throat> and then another four or so hours on a train. Kind of a lot of transit. I mean, whatever. To get either place that I'm talking about. So. Oh, that's my plan, more or less. Ah, oh, spicy papaya salad. I'm sweating. It's great. Um, GR20. We did well, it. Now that we have perfect fitness. Confirmed. Sorted yeah. that out. Perfect fitness confirmed. Would you, um, you have any interest in like doing something similar again in the future <laughs> or is this a, like a one-time enterprise? Everything's fine? Yes, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I'm interested in it. I mean, did this make you want to do this sort of thing more, less, or, or neutral? Mm. Well, I don't think I want to do it like 14 months. <laughs> like Gouven Le Golf. Non-stop walking. Yeah. Interesting. But I think... Yeah, I mean, I already do enjoy hiking and trail running and that type of thing. But I think the extended hiking, a week or two, maybe doing that every year or two. Through hiking. Through hiking. Yeah. Uh -huh. I can be into it. Yeah. It kind of, it really opens up a, a way of traveling and a way of seeing places in the world that, you know, again, most people aren't tuned into, but if you start looking around for long distance hikes or treks or through hiking, yeah, you'll find routes in lots of the world. And certainly in Europe, but elsewhere too. And, you know, it's a way to like, it's fairly inexpensive, can be very inexpensive. And you know, you're self-contained and you just walk. It's amazing. Yeah, it was a really cool experience. And now that we've done, the, like, literally the hardest, I mean, we both, you've done the, the hardest trek in Europe, and, like, it's definitely one of the harder treks in the world, at least of this length, let's say, of any comparable length. It's, right. It's, so it's like, you know, you can feel confident of, like, being able to do a, some, you know, two-week through-hike somewhere. No what problem. other two-week through-hikes have you done or do you want to do? Would you want to do? I haven't done any other two-week trips like this. I've done some one-week trips. Japan, Slovakia, some other things here and there. Um, oh, but lots of places. When I, I was when I was younger, I wanted to do the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. I don't know... If that's a tr that much elevation, 
It might just oh. be a lot of distance, but I don't know how much. There's a lot of up and down. A lot of up and down. There's plenty of up and down. Is you're not like the absolute elevation isn't that high, but there's plenty of up and down, mm-hmm. and it's very long. I mean, that's like a you know two months or something if you do the whole thing. Yeah. No, I want to go to. Um, I mean, I would love to do some more of this sort of thing in Europe, in the Pyrenees, for example. Um, in. Um, <clears throat> In the Carpathians, in in the Dolomites, I've done some hiking there, but I'd love to do like a long hike in the Dolomites, the Julian Alps, and Slovenia. Hmm. I'd love to do the Transcaucasus Trail, which goes through Georgia and Armenia. Um, that is looks really interesting. Um, I mean, wow, lots of places, you know. I don't want, I want to do, in California, I, I want to do the Sierra High Route. That's, that's really been on my mind for quite some time. And um, that's a bit longer than the GR20. It's, it's certainly, you know, it's as challenging. Um, it's not quite as compressed, steep as the GR20, but it's, it's high altitude and, um, so that's that's something I want to do soon. The Sierra High Route, Steve Roper's classic route, this year in the High Sierra. When do you think you want to do that? I don't know. It probably won't be this year. Um, so maybe next year. Uh, could be this year. It's possible. It's possible. There's time. Depends on how engaged I get with the house and whatever else. Yeah, that's a real beautiful South California epic high Sierra. Lots of open granite. You're like above and off trails most of the time, and so you're just roaming across this open granite. Um, it's spectacular. The high Sierra trip. SHR, as it's known, yeah. I've been up in that territory a fair bit, so I know what it's like. <clears throat> right. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so, okay, so it makes you think of doing this thing, this sort of thing a little more. That's, uh, me too, me too. More outdoor adventure stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think also just... Maybe even just more overnight camping, like when I'm out when I'm out on the bus, I could take a few days and just find hikes that I can do that are right for a few days, you know, even yeah, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Totally. <clears throat> Back at the beginning of the trip, we started talking about, you know, <clears throat> well, we've both done a lot of leadership of groups and all sorts of things, and you know, you're like full time coach. I do some coaching. We talked about this. Oh, here we go. Okay. Great. You got the same thing. Uh, you know, about taking people into the outdoors, right? Yeah. And we were talking about writing, actually, at the time. And, like, oh, yeah. integrating some kind of writing workshop with an outdoor experience. Um... <clears throat> Now that you and now that you and we have completed this whole trip, I 
Get what's your reflection on, on that idea? On taking people into. I think it's a great context. Into the outdoors. It wouldn't be the GR20. <laughs> Listeners out there in listener land. I think it's a great context for growth. I think. Yeah, having some phys- beautiful, physical, challenging activity with a group of people, and then also working on something else that continues beyond that experience, I think could be a good recipe for trans. You know, to have transformative power for the- to help people accomplish things it could be a really useful tool. Besides just being a good experience, you know, on its own. Yeah. Well, I agree. It is. I mean, it certainly is. Mm-hmm. What we've seen, or one reflection I have is like, it's hard to fit a lot, much into a day. And when you're in the outdoors, it's like if you're going to do something authentic in terms of the outdoor experience, you know, and make it and and have it be challenging. It's it's hard to or you know it just takes time. It takes time during the day and like the way it was for us on the GR20 again. Granted, like the most challenging trek in Europe. Okay, but you know, pretty much consume most of the day every day. We're up at six, breakfast on the trail by seven or eight. You know, walking most of the day, and we would arrive at you know four, five, six p.m. And there's and well, you know, and then you just eat, you know, shower, eat, sleep, and there's just no energy or time to um, to do anything else. Um, I think you would want to have an event where you spent you know a day getting someplace, and then you kind of stayed put for a day or two, and then came out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think you get really challenging to put additional information in if you were already having that experience. Yeah, you mix it up, cover some ground, stay someplace, you know, do shorter stages. Um... It really takes some doing, you know, designing. I mean, I've tried to do, I've, I have done that a bit. As I mentioned, like with kite surfing trips. And um, it's, it's hard to find the time of the day. But if the trip is designed from the beginning, you know, to integrate that, totally possible. Um, What's, who's this writer friend of yours that you mentioned? Oh, my friend, my friend James Riley. Riley. Mm-hmm. Published author, you know, several times over published author, speaking agent, kind of really big speaking agent. Uh-huh. It's helped a lot of people write books. Yeah. And build careers as like author speakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in like a traditional way. Yeah. You know, like get a get a get a book deal, get an advance, get a speaking agent, get booked out to do things. Right. One of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be interesting. Um. <coughs> Got a lot of sound around us here. Yeah. It's like the bonus episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just enjoy the sounds, you know, we're here in the main square in uh, in Bastia it's actually very much like an Italian piazza which makes sense because all these cities in um, Corsica were well have a lot of Italian influence It's all in French. We don't know what she's saying, but... This is the ASMR episode. Mm. Yeah. That's what people kept saying to us on the trail. Bon courage. Which, I, I mean, I, obviously that's courage, you know, is a word. I'm not sure exactly how that expression translates in, uh... It's what? Courage? The word bon courage, courage, it's courage. But... I'm not sure precisely how that translates in English, that expression, bon courage. Good luck. I'm not sure. I think it's probably just good luck. Um, <clears throat> what do you think people need? Like, if they're setting out on the GR20, do they need luck? Oh. We had some... We had lucky days. Good weather. Yeah. There were a lot of things that contribute to it being a beautiful time that we're outside of our control or probably even to be able to yeah could have rained didn't rain a lot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it could have rained a lot more I mean just imagine if it had been like pouring you know you're in the tent it's just wet and kind and of muddy you gotta get out it's all muddy and yeah. like, oh, you're trying to organize your stuff 
I felt very fortunate. I felt like we were very blessed with a lot of the, yeah, those types of things. Even injuries, like, you can do a lot to prevent injuries, but that's also some element of luck that you don't slip on some weird thing or hit some yeah. rock comes flying loose and hit somebody in the head or whatever. Like, I felt that was, like, yeah. I was really grateful that there was no injury. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe don't rely on it. No. Don't rely on luck to get you through it. But. Not at all. That's the thing, yeah. Luck is luck has to be a bonus. You know? And so that actually that gives me a little bit of a twist on like on that wish. You know, when people wish me good luck. I'm kinda like, well hey, like I don't I don't, I don't need want it. your luck. I don't need your luck. Well like I don't you know yeah. like if I needed luck, you know, to do this, like that's not I shouldn't be here. <laughs> I shouldn't be here. You know, so it's it just often strikes me as kind of like a, a little bit misguided. But um, if you think of it as a bonus, like, hey, good luck. Like, may may things go even better than you. May the odds be forever in your favor. Right. May things go better than you hoped. Yeah. Then that that's a, I like that better. They definitely did. Thought I was gonna die. Yeah, Anthony went from near death experience to near death experience. To just having my feet hurt a lot. (laughs) Which I was really happy for. So was it an NDE or an FHA? What's an FHA? Feet hurt a lot. Feet hurt a lot. First four days were definitely crazy experience. I mean, next time you're having a near-death experience, you might just ask yourself if it's really just my feet are hurt a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Could very well be. The look on your face, though, did say near-death experience. (laughs) Yeah, some of these those days... Just no idea what had no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, introduced you to like class three climbing, you know, snowfield traversing, long distance rock travel, um, a lot of scenarios like. They were kind of new. Yeah. All of them just together. Like, Mm -hmm. so many different new things. So much pasta. A lot of pasta. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Um, <clears throat> pause for a second. Yeah. We're gonna uh, we're gonna open the lines here. The um, the call in line is open. Let's see if we have any guests. Oh, the phone's ringing. We're, we got a guest here. Hello? Ah. Hello, everyone. Ah. Uh, Dirk here, aka Data again. Uh, I wanted to give uh, my last update. Um, last update was from Prati. Uh, but okay, it's it's Data. He's Data's calling in. <laughs> to Prati, I went to do Siulu. Usiolo. Uh, it was the 12th stage, and yeah, it was a really good stage, I think. Um, some nice views above the clouds all the time. Um, some really nice peaks. And uh, yeah, uh, a very different terrain all the time, so different views. So sometimes we, you were in some vegetation, some some grass, and sometimes you were at the, like the really uh, rugged mountains, which are like which Corsica is famous for, I think. Um, yeah, it was just a yeah, very nice walk. The refuge I ended up with wasn't that um, that special. The stop was the shop was very stocked, so a lot of different options, which was nice. Uh, the food was quite cheap, but not really good. And uh, what was nice is I met two Dutch guys there. Um, one of which, uh, the older one, had learned a Nepalese card game. Uh, it was very interesting uh, to play with them and to learn the game. Might introduce it to some other people sometime, like uh, what do you call it? A missionaries, missionary, something like it. Um, to Carly. Hello, everyone. Oops, sorry. Uh, oh, we got a, we got a, a glitch in the matrix here. Uh, glitch. Dirk apparently wants to become a card game missionary. Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> he was talking about the uh, Usholu Refuge, I think, where we also spent the night. Um, yeah, kind of a youth hostel atmosphere there. <clears throat> um, and um, yeah, it's, let's see where else he uh, got on to. Terrain again, it, you also pass like a ruin over old, uh, old refuge. And you are, yeah, sometimes it feels a bit like walking between farmlands, which was different. Um, and in Asinau, I actually had the, like, the best meal I think I had. Yeah, Apart I from agree. maybe the lasagna and luna, it was uh, like with lentils and a lot of meat. Uh, before we got some charcuterie, and after we got cheese and chocolate, and chocolate cake. mousse. Or chocolate oh, he got chocolate mousse. Uh, so just a really nice meal cake. with a really nice cook. Um, from Dacinau, I went on and I skipped uh, Village de Bavella mm. and I went uh, stage 14 A14B and I went. Yeah, so he must have no, slept at actually, sorry. I went stage 15, I did the high route. Which was really nice to Bavella. Yeah, and so did we. It felt yeah. like a bit like the north, some, some climbing again. It was a bit more work than the rest of the stages in the. Facebook. 
south, but I would recommend it to everyone since it's just more interesting, I believe, than walking down in the forest. Um, the peaks at this one were maybe the best. They were like so rugged and high, and you walked like really past them. You didn't go over them, but yeah, I wouldn't want to try that. And I skipped the Pavela to refuge the Baliri, and that was one of the worst, in my opinion. The showers were. Uh, all the way, like 300 meters removed from the area where you were. Yeah, we were we got down, the beta, Dirk. We didn't uh, stay there. To walk down. <laughs> the source was also located far from the refuge. Yeah. And the um, camping area was not really interesting or anything. Uh, the, the, the people working there were really nice, however. And uh, we noticed it was that. good. It was uh, better than uh, the average meal, uh, but not that special. Uh, from the Paliri, I went on to where I am now, which is the Matrix here. We, they're just delays, you know. Sometimes light speed is not quite light speed. I will stay at the sheet, and tomorrow morning they will transport me to Porto Vecchio if everything is okay. Um, I found the last stage uh, again interesting. Looked different. Looked a bit more tropical to me. Uh, maybe it's because you move down the mountains. Uh, sometimes you can see the Mediterranean Sea, I really like that, and uh, it was some motivation to keep on going and like get it over with, uh, but all in all I yeah, really really enjoyed the Jure 20, I would recommend it to everyone who is in for a challenge, everyone who is wanting to be in the middle of the mountains and see yeah, all these amazing views, meet interesting people, uh, stop at the refuges, which is totally different from anything I ever experienced. <laughs> That's um, cool to hear. Be a bit limited and a bit like uncomfortable in what you can buy, what you will eat, how you will shower, where you, where you will go to the toilet, etc. It's, it's yeah, so different from normal life and a real can be a real escape, I think, for many people. Um, but also a really good experience. So, uh, like, yeah, 10 out of 10 would recommend. 10 out of 10? There's data. Yeah, now I have some free days in Corsica and I'm still figuring out how I will spend those. But I guess uh, not much walking and a little bit more uh, swimming, reading, sightseeing. Uh, maybe do a few, uh, a trek or two. A trek or two? Uh, GR20 again for me uh, in the near coming future. All right, so it sounds like uh, Young Data, I mean, 10 out of 10. Uh, would recommend. Would recommend, and um, <laughs> obviously he's also, you know, achieved perfect fitness. And um, <clears throat> he's interested in doing some more trekking in the future, too, you know. <laughs> so, Data, nice to hear from you. That was great. Uh, thanks for calling in. And um, it was so cool, you know. <laughs> Dirk and I met through this Facebook group um, prior to the trip, and um, just want to say thanks, Dirk, for getting together. And um, you know, not he and I both, neither of us wanted to start the GR20 alone. And this was before Anthony had decided to come over here, and so <clears throat> you know, he and I had never met. We didn't know anything about each other. It turns out he's like 22, and I'm 52, or whatever it is. Just a couple of guys, you know, but we just agreed to start together, and that was a big um, um, plus for us, you know, got us over the kind of hesitation of starting alone, and then once Anthony decided to come over, Dirk agreed to 
wait a day so that we could all start together. And um, turned out to be just a great guy. Really he's great, yeah, interesting he's awesome. cat, and um, you know, really cool to have a young guy along with us too, and um, share the whole experience together. Great team member. Yeah, really yeah. solid team member. One thing I, I and maybe I mentioned this about Dirk, I definitely said to him, I was really impressed with his in his his environmental intuition you know for a guy that young who hasn't you know lives in a flat country hasn't spent a whole lot of time you know in the wilderness or in the outdoors he's definitely athletic so he's like in his body but he had very good sensibility about trail about wayfinding we talked about wayfinding a lot and about you know yeah finding his way which way was right which way was wrong etc just kind of a natural sensibility for that that a lot of people just don't have without yeah. a lot more practice. So that was really, really cool to see. And he seemed to feel comfortable in the outdoors and, you know, was certainly up for the challenge physically. It was cool to have him. <laughs> yeah, it was great to have him along. You got any, you got any messages for Data? Any messages? Well, it was it was just really I'm really grateful that we got to spend some time with him to get to know him a bit. Um, be fun to see him again in the future. We talked about combining, you know, the intersections of you know different interests. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see what you know where where, where his path takes him. What he cooks up, you know. What he cooks up. Let's, his, see, let's, let's see what kitchen. you cook up, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, stay in touch. We'd love to have you uh, on for a future show. Um, And, uh, you know, leave last, move fast. You know, that's one of the messages I got during the Jared 20. You know, it's like, don't rush. You know, don't rush. Rush, rush. Like, wow. I mean, some days, sure, you got to get up early because you're trying to, you have to cover a certain amount of ground or whatever. But I like to have breakfast, (laughs) you know? And like I'm confident in my ability to uh, move, yeah, and move quickly enough, you know, in the other in on the trail to kind of make up the time. One more. You keep some place about the diesel. Um. Yeah. It's okay. Wine. It's all right. It's all in there. Forty-one minutes. It's in there. Um. Yeah. Leave. Leave last. Move fast. Any other messages you got, like, uh, you know, concise little, got any sound bites? I have a bunch of them that I wrote down. Uh, being deliberate is very important. Yeah. Um, what were you saying? The, um, oh, being del- deliberate, yeah. Being deliberate yeah. with your movements. Yes. Um, that if I'm getting any kind of judgments about myself or surroundings, that that's like a sign that I'm just not being present mm. and it's kind of a dangerous place to be. Mm. Uh, so just, yeah, that's like, it's like a signal that you need to be more fo- present and more focused on what's happening in front of you. Getting judgments mean like judgments oh why am i doing this what's happening why is this person doing this thing why is this person wearing this hat you know whatever the fuck like some 
uh -huh. judgmental loop in my head, whether towards myself or someone else. Uh -huh. I mean, there were times when I noticed that was happening for me, especially early on. And yeah, I, right, right. And I was like, you have to be present. Be present because if you're caught up in that, you're gonna, you're gonna, you are gonna get hurt or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I think that that worked itself out in a way because of that. It was like really developed some deeper capacity to not be in that kind of a inner loop. Yeah. Um, I think focus, a lot of things just about focus, like just like focusing on what's in front of me and like there is a path there just to like trust that it's there, wait until I see it and then just move in that direction. Um, yeah. Stopping to take breaks is important. Taking care of my feet is important. Yeah. Um, I think a lot, yeah, a lot of things about presence, just being present with myself. Yeah. Yeah, for me, a lot of, a lot, a lot of wayfinding pattern recognition intuition you know that's kind of the stack actually like from nature to you know like an intellectual conception of intuition is physical wayfinding literally just finding your way down the path or through the mountains pattern recognition is kind of the, the medium scale of that you know using your senses to recognize patterns in the shape of the world and the way the world moves, the, the movements of nature, the patterns of nature um, to, to get you where you need to go and without injuring yourself, you know, etc. And, and what that is, is intuition. And what, you know, what, for me, what that, that practice does train my intuition it does improve yeah. my intuition um, <clears throat> and I've been aware of that you know but being immersed in a trip like this for two weeks I really feel the the practice of that and you know the, something that's often said about um, <clears throat> the satisfaction but also the effect of achieving you know small successes Right or any success, but small successes um, add up to bigger ones. And for me, like the feeling of choosing or knowing the right way to go or the right time to go or whether the weather is going to do this or that, you know, or whether to go farther one day or shorter another day, or even like what to eat, you know, all these little things when you're in this kind of raw environment those feel like victory wins you yeah. know they feel like successes because yeah. they are right. they are and the 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 effect of kind of practicing that success is one of the things that builds confidence it just in the world with you know kind of moving in the world being in the world um, you know a lot of people I know and work with and observe you know, they, they just, they're not very confident about their ability to move in the world. They're just very hesitant in so many ways. Right. 
hesitant about moving their bodies, hesitant about making decisions about which way to go, you know, just so, so many things. And the very basic practice of going, moving in, the, in nature, in the mountains, uh, it, it trains them. Physical confidence is like the basis, the foundation of everything. I do feel much more relaxed in my body and much more, like, well, just like less anxious. Mm -hmm. like the absence of like an anxiety around stuff. I mean, this is also why people do yoga and this sort of thing. You yeah. know, if you have a regular physical practice, you know, it will achieves a lot of the same thing. Um, but I, there is something much different about spending an hour a day or two hours a day doing something and then just having this immersive. Yeah, immer right, all day. This is like the Vipassana of nature. Yeah, know, right. This is like going on a yoga retreat for two weeks. Yeah. You know, all yeah, day. All day. And, it, and if you did that, it would be sort of some equivalent. Sure, it would be similar. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Immersion. All right. Well, speaking of, of immersion, this is an immersive episode. <laughs> it's, it's an immersive. We're immersed here in the beautiful little city of Bastia, and um, Anthony's about to be immersed in the international travel experience. Immersed in an aluminum tube. That's right for a day, and then he's going to emerge and get back to another aluminum tube <laughs> somewhere else. My school bus. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a great trip, man. Thank you yeah, so much for having me over here or inviting yeah. me. Yeah. Well, thank you for you know, expressing your curiosity and your your interest and uh, and jumping on a plane, joining me here. It's been a good trip. Indeed. Indeed. It has been. It's been a good trip. More. Than, it's been a good trip. It's been. Uh, it's been incredible and very yeah. memorable and uh, important. We'll be back. Season two. Season two, the goat work and um, Everest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the lines are open. And so if you're interested in hearing about, you know, or exploring any particular topic, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, I'm here with my friend Anthony Data. Whoa, we'll edit that. I got Data in there because Data just jumped back in. Anthony Data Adams. <laughs> Anthony David Adams. And I'm Bowen Dwelly, your host of The Goat Work, signing off for season one here. We'll see you next time. See you guys. <laughs>